What's the last thing you remember, Danny? He said we had to run. The reason you survived is because you're a very uncommon girl. Hey guys, this is Max and Jason watching movie. But today it's just me, Anya, and I'm going to be talking to you today about a couple movies that I watched, so hopefully you don't have to. Alright, first off, let's talk about the 2021 crime thriller The Guilty, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, directed by Antoine Fuqua. I watched this on a whim, tired day. I like Jake Gyllenhaal, I saw it on Netflix. It's the story of this guy who was police officer who did something bad and got demoted. We've seen it before. This time he's demoted to dispatch and he gets a call from either a woman or a little girl. I can't remember who does it first, but following this call, it kind of leads to the rest of the movie, which is Jake Gyllenhaal's character trying to save this woman who thinks that she's been kidnapped and that her husband has killed their kids. The whole twist turns out is that she's crazy and attacked her kids and her husband is taking her to a mental institution. And that's all fine, like that's a fine premise. It's kind of not exciting, nothing new there. What made this movie weird and kind of gross for me was the final act. We find out that the reason Jake Gyllenhaal's character has been demoted is because he shot a POC kid. We don't know why, it seems unwarranted. The character has a court date about it and a bunch of people are getting ready to lie for him. And it it felt like a movie trying to humanize cops in response to all of the police violence that's been going on recently and i guess humanize them in a way that they are problem that they can be problematic people with consciences because in the end he gets arrested but it felt really manipulative and i and the movie actually mentions george floyd at the end um just in like a a news lady commentator like a voiceover so without that without the weird i wasn't even sure what they were trying to say at the end but without that the movie was just okay it gets a 6.3 out of 10 on imdb which i think is generous but i think it was trying to say something big and it fell very flat if someone asked me if they should watch it i would say no i didn't get anything out of it besides a weird gross feeling Jake Gyllenhaal is really good in it. He has to be because he is in every single scene and it's just kind of, it just kind of follows him in one dark room freaking out the entire time. So like I said, it's a fine movie, but I probably will never watch it again and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone either. Number two, let's talk about a show. I mean, I've only watched one episode of it. I think there's two out right now. Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac. Let's see. Of course, production company, Marvel Studios. I, so I really enjoyed the first episode. It was a lot of fun. Me coming at it as an outsider fan of Moon Knight. So I really don't know a lot about the lore and mythology of the character. I had a lot of fun. It made me laugh. It made me feel creeped out. The first scene, I mean, I guess don't listen to this if you don't want spoilers about these movies, but the first scene in it is Ethan Hawke's character crushing up a bunch of glass and putting it in his shoes to walk on. That really gave me the heebie-jeebies. Of course, there's like scary monsters in it and stuff that also gave me the heebie-jeebies. But that brings me to my one and biggest complaint about this show. And actually, 
a lot of Marvel movies recently and a lot of a lot of movies in general recently. I think a lot of movies and production companies have been relying so heavily on CGI that I mean we can all see it, we know it's CGI and for me, I'm definitely a practical effects girl. I think that practical effects will trump CGI every time and that instead of using CGI for every problem, it should be the last resort. Because as I was watching Moon Knight, when he, when there's this, the final scene where he like transforms into the Moon Knight outfit, it didn't look real. It looked, I don't know, I don't, I mean, it looked, it looked like computer animation. Not like terrible computer animation, but in 2022 I've seen so much better. And some of the monsters in it also, I don't know, I mean, I think the monsters and the suit could be practical effects. And the suit could be a real suit. Like in all of these Marvel movies, you see the behind the scenes footage and everyone is wearing a, a blue screen suit or a mocap mo suit. And it's like, where where did the craftsmanship go? I'm always comparing this stuff to the Lord of the Rings movies because I watched the appendices religiously as a kid. And the amount of work that they did for their practical effects, they only supplemented those films with CGI when they had to, which changed when they did the Hobbit series, which was a big bummer for me. But yeah, I, I'm really interested in continuing to watch this show. It's just I'm getting kind of bummed out by the amount of CGI that I'm noticing in films and shows and, and just knowing that it would look so much better with practical effects. That's my big beef. That's my hot take. Um, I'd love to know what, what you guys think. I think everyone should just take Christopher Nolan's approach and just do it all for real. I think, I don't know, it would just bring us back into the show. Besides that though, Moon Knight, I would definitely recommend. I'm not a diehard fan though, so I don't know if they're getting stuff wrong, if they're doing stuff justice. I think generally Marvel Studios does a really good job. I haven't had any complaints about like, from Marvel Studios, I haven't had any complaints of not following the storylines. I haven't had complaints like that since before uh, Marvel Studios came into being. It was just like the X-Men 3 and Spider-Man 3 really were the Marvel movies that ground my gears. But Moon Knight, definitely go watch it. Alright, moving on to the superhero realm. Another movie I watched, because I was just, I think it was probably the same day I watched The Guilty. I was just, I didn't want to do anything. I just kept watching movies. I watched this movie with Angelina Jolie, 2021 movie, Those Who Wish Me Dead, which is a freaking cool title. It sucks that the movie didn't live up to it. This movie is about Angelina Jolie's main character. She's a smoke jumper. Um, John Bernthal is in it, which is one of the big reasons I watched this movie. But it follows Angelina Jolie's character. She's a troubled protagonist. The movie really wants us to know that she is sad and self-destructive. And then out of, it's it feels, I mean, I kind of liked it while I was watching it, but just trying to explain it, feels very disjointed. There's this dad and this son, and dad did something, found something. I think he was an analyst, or I don't know. He found some information in his company that was illegal, and I don't know if he leaked it, or I don't know what he did, but people were angry. And so they sent some people to kill him and his son. Nicholas Holt was one of the bad guys, which is very sad, I love him. And the other bad guy was Aiden Gillen. He's in so much stuff. Like, I know his face, I just don't know where I've seen him. And I feel like he always plays bad men. But anyways, these two bad guys, Nicholas Holt and Aiden Gillen, kill the kid's dad, and the kid gets away in 
escapes into the Montana wilderness where he runs into Angelina Jolie's character. And they have a little, like, I can help you, but you don't want me to help you. And then she's like, well, I'm going to walk this way. And then, of course, they team up and she's going to help him because she's a good person. So that's happening while the bad guys are also wandering around the Montana wilderness and looking for this kid because he has, I guess, whatever information that the dad had. At some point in the movie, since they're in Montana and it's a dry season, the bad guys are like, let's start a wildfire. So they do that, and that's kind of the big hurrah of the movie. So Angelina Jolie and this kid are trying to escape the wildfire and escape the bad guys. And then John Bernthal, who's also a good guy, is being manipulated into helping the bad guys find the kid. And eventually, the saddest moment in the movie, John Bernthal gets shot. So terrible. Angelina Jolie and the kid survive the wildfire by they find like a river or something and submerge themselves and just kind of are like, like seals they go up out of the water for a couple seconds to breathe and then they go under to protect themselves from the fire which i'm very curious if that would actually work i'm I'm like would they just get boiled i don't know they survived and that was kind of like the end of the movie she she fought off the bad guys they both died both the bad guys died but we don't know what happens to the kid like i don't know we don't i I felt like i didn't even know what why they were after him everyone was was like good in the movie the kid was fine john bernthal was amazing angelina jolie was good the woman that played john bernthal's wife was really good medina singor it just was it was a story that we've all seen before but not done in a unique way like yeah there was a wildfire but i don't know i feel like the whole idea of them fighting fire and also fighting bad guys could have been a lot cooler also the wildfire doesn't start until halfway through the movie yeah i don't know i think this movie just had pacing problems and plot problems it was it was entertaining enough but also like the guilty i probably will never be watching it again but if someone asked me if they should watch watch it be like if you like these actors sure but you're not gonna be like wow that was an awesome movie of course that's my opinion so yeah do what you will with that but imdb gave it six out of ten i don't know what i would give it it was okay all right the fourth i guess the third movie fourth thing i'm talking about is gonna have to be the 2020 new mutants and guys, this was this came out in the heat of the pandemic. And I had read The Demon Bear Saga by Bill Sienkiewicz and Chris Claremont on the New Mutants run. And I went to go see the movie in theaters because I was like, I fucking love this book. I love this team. And it was a waste of time. It was a waste of a risk of getting COVID. I'll say that. My dad disagrees with me. He kind of likes this movie. I don't know why. The cast is fine. I kind of, I don't know. This movie just really yucked my gums. That's something that people say, right? Yucked my yums. Yeah. Uh, I liked the cast a lot, actually. Maisie Williams' Wolfsbane was awesome. Anya Taylor-Joy's Magic was fine. She was okay. I don't, I guess that's just not really how I pictured magic. The way that they, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's Anya Taylor-Joy's fault. I think it's the way they styled her. Just kind of looking like a kid 
trying to be grunge, but not, I don't know. The lady they got to play, Danny Moonstar, was really good. The IMDb cast page, it says that she plays Mirage, Mirage, but that's a different character. So they don't know what they're talking about, apparently. The guy from Stranger Things, I think his name is Joel Kinberg. Let me double check for you guys, because I don't want to be wrong. But he was really good as Cannonball. Oh, no, okay, sorry guys. His name's Charlie Heaton. I don't know who Joel Kinberg is. I think maybe he's another Stranger Things alum, but again, I could be totally wrong. Everyone's really good. The guy they got to play Sunspot, he, I don't know, he he was okay, but that character, I think, is a lot younger in the comic books. And the way they have him in the movie, he's like a moody, angry, older kid who kind of is iffy around women and that's just not his character in the comics. He's kind of like a happy-go-lucky, full-of-himself 13-year-old kid. That's kind of what irritates me about this. This movie was so fucking dark, both in storyline and visually, (laughs) which just isn't the New Mutants. Even the Demon Bear Saga, which is a very dark storyline in the comics, it's fucking beautiful to look at. Lots of color. You can, you can tell what's going on without turning the brightness up all the way on whatever device you would be reading it on. Of course, that wouldn't be a problem if you had the real thing. This movie sets the New Mutants I don't even know if it's canonical with like the Legends X-Men from before the X-Men were like actually a part of the MCU. I know they're not technically in the MCU yet, but it's coming. But yeah, so I don't even know in what universe this movie exists, which is always really frustrating to me. Something in my brain just, I can't stand it. Um, But these kids end up in what seems like a mental institute. They don't know how they got there. It's really dark and gray and everyone's really upset and moody and sad and something creepy's going on and in the comics it's this like spirit bear that is after Danny Moonstar because Danny Moonstar is the only thing that can kill it and then they did this stupid thing in the movie where it was like her own fear and she was like I don't know I think the way that they defeated the bear at the end was she was like I love you something like that it was I don't know in the movie it was all her doing that was and that just irritated me because that's just so far off from the original storyline and I'm just like why would you take a book or a storyline that does its job so well and then just completely change it because you already have a version that worked I don't I don't know and it's not like one of those instances where it's like some books you have to change because on screen they're just not gonna work like some aspects of stories you have to change because visually they just won't be conveyed the same way but in my opinion they didn't need to do that for this story because it was a visual medium originally it was a comic book and then okay let's talk about Anya Taylor-Joy's character she plays magic and yeah guys I have a lot to say about this because it's a Marvel comic and yeah so if I'm going into more detail about this one the other ones I'm sorry but they made this character of magic like (laughs) she has a very specific background in the comics and in this movie it felt rushed it was weird it didn't make sense there was just like these like smiley face goblin type dudes in suits and that was like what we saw in a flashback but in the comics she is like a this is gonna sound geeky and but that's fine. she's just like um a demon warrior witch lady hey it's max here just stepping in there was a little problem in the audio uh anya is about to say that in this movie it's all in her head like she created this world to escape to which is just kind of 
I don't know. It just felt like it lessened the character because it was taking such a huge chunk out of that character's history, which I think is just irritating as a fan. And then there is this also, there in the com- in the X-Men comics, there's this character, Lockheed, and he's like this alien dragon. And he's got, um, he plays kind of a big role in Magic's storylines and in this other character's storylines, Kitty Pride. And in this one, they just make him make-believe. I don't know. I thought there was a lot wrong with this movie, but I guess what wasn't wrong, I think the cast choice was pretty good overall. I just think just take a story that works and do it justice instead of taking a story that works and making it not work. I don't know. I don't, I just really don't think there is any reason to jigsaw puzzle this storyline the way that they did. There was an aspect of it I liked Maisie Williams' character and Blue Hunt's character. She plays Danny Moonstar. In the comics, there is kind of like a, I don't know, a, like kind of like a, a queer subtext. Just they are so close and they have this weird mind link and they they just addressed that in the movie and they were like, they did it in a, in a nice way where these two characters realized they had feelings for each other and it felt really natural and not forced and that was something I liked about the movie. It was a very small thing. But it was also something that I'm like, that, that could be translated into the comics. Like I, I like that decision and it makes sense to me. Sidebar. This wouldn't be the first time that Chris Claremont tried to introduce a queer couple in his mutant comic books at Marvel. He tried in 1983 to create a romance between Storm, Aurora Monroe, and Yukio. I don't know what Yukio's last name is. Anyway, Yukio is a thief and friend of Wolverine's and quite wild. And Chris Claremont tried to introduce this love interest or Storm. This woman, uh, Yukio, is the reason why Storm went punk and donned a mohawk and leather and got away from her initial X-Men garb. And it was pretty clear that Claremont tried again to introduce a queer couple in New Mutants with Wolfsbane and Danny Moonstar. But Marvel editorial staff seemed to have some issue with this, and sadly, Jim Shooter mandated that there would be no same-sex couples during his tenure at Marvel. So that was where the main resistance came from. Later on, they would introduce an out character. I think that was Northstar. I could be wrong about that. But it was a long time coming. Claremont was laying the groundwork back in 83 and the mid-80s with his work on the X-Men and New so I think Anya's right on the money here, and she does too. I asked her if I could add this sidebar. <laughs> so end it, this sidebar. But all of the other decisions didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And I'll just say I left the theater feeling very underwhelmed and annoyed and irritated, as I often do whenever a production company fucks up the X-Men, which has been many times. So I will never be watching that movie again, not to sound too judgmental or anything. But if you like it, like my dad, <clears throat> that's fine, I guess. All right, I'm just gonna finish this out by saying today I started watching Modern Family and I know I'm very late to the party, but I'm really enjoying it. It's a very cute show, very, very easy and palatable. And just something that I feel like I can, I'll be able to watch like after work or when I don't have to think about it. So that's been really nice and cute for me today. And I think that concludes my Tuesday short. Thank you so much for <laughs> sitting with me here and listening to me ramble about things that make me mad when I watch movies. I hope it was insightful or at least entertaining. You can find me on Instagram at ons underscore solo, and you can find me on Twitter at Anya underscore driffle. And then you can find the podcast Max and Jason Watch a Movie at Max and Jason Watch a Movie on Instagram. Follow us, reply to our posts, we ask questions, 
we cover our episodes, so if you're ever wondering what we're doing, you can find it there. And thanks guys for listening. I'll see you around. For me, I'm definitely a practical effects girl.